listening to Drinking Socially, the official Untapped podcast, your weekly look into what's happening in the Untapped community and the beer world. I'm Kyle. And I'm Tim. Drinking Socially is released every Wednesday morning and can be found at podcast.untapped.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. So in case you missed our intro episode, which is the first episode in this feed, you can go back and listen to it if you'd like. But what exactly is Drinking Socially? Well, Drinking Socially is the official Untapped podcast. Of course. Uh, Our goal is to give you an inside look at what's happening in the Untapped community as well as with the Untapped app. Plan to go into app updates, uh, new features, what we're working on, what's being released. We'll cover badge updates, um, badges that are coming out, both core and sponsored. And we'll also provide you with a look at some interesting insights from the data behind Untapped. We'll also be looking into uh, some news from the beer world, some interesting articles that we find around the internet, things definitely pertaining to beer that uh, we think you should know about. Before we get into it, let's get something to drink. Yes, please. Today we're drinking Farmer's Tan Red Ale by Tractor Brewing Company. I appreciate the pun here. This is really good. Uh, It's a 6% ABV red ale. Says a big, rich, and malty beer designed to bring forward bold candy flavors that mingle with slight notes of earthy hops. It sounds pretty good. I'm, I'll, I'll say, I'll be honest. Here, straight in our first episode, I'll be honest. I am not a huge fan of red ales. I don't drink a whole lot of them. I, if I'm going to go for a red ale, it's typically an imperial red, something that that has a little more bite to it. But if you're going to suffer through a red ale, you may as well make it worth it. <laughs> it's not necessarily suffering. I, I, I think it's the, the malt build of a lot of red ales just don't, they, they kind of taste coppery to me sometimes. Oh, okay. Definitely. It's, it, it's unlike a, your, your standard IPA. Yep. I can, I can definitely get you on that. Um, so w- what in particular, uh, why did we have this beer here on this table? <laughs> uh, so a few months back, um, the family and I took a trip out to Santa Fe and um, drove through the Southwest. Uh, and uh, on our way back, I just decided I should probably pick something up. Can't yeah. go all the way out here and not find something from a local brewer. So went through, found some things that were interesting, and honestly, I choose most things by um, by cans. So this one popped out with the uh, the red and brown uh, colors and interesting. Uh, name you gotta have a good pun contrary to that i do enjoy red ales uh so that was also helpful yeah yeah i i, I guess my my problem i guess if you can you can say it as my problem i don't seek them out a lot of times i just skip them over because yeah. there are so many beers out there to try um just having having one here in episode one uh just feels you know i'm so feels, sorry feels odd <laughs> but yeah, this is this is really good. I you could have said something before we started. Uh, true, true. We were looking, we were digging around in the uh, untapped cellar, if you would, here in the uh, West Coast office, looking for something that was lower ABV, no triple IPAs, no double IPAs, something a little easy to drink uh, for here for episode one. Keep it mellow. <laughs> uh, this, I think, this is a great choice. Honestly, it's. The, the style may not be something that I typically have, but the the word that gets me here is f- bold candy flavors, and it's something about the bubble size in this. Like, I don't know if they carbonate this beer differently than than a, a IPA or a pale ale or a pilsner or anything, but it it has this like smooth caramel quality to it that I'm I'm. As someone who doesn't have many of them, I'm really enjoying. Yeah, it's definitely got a nice, uh, nice sweetness to it. 
I can kind of get the um the candy reference there. Um but yeah, I mean the the multi maltiness definitely pops out. I mean that's a red ale staple, so not a whole lot on the nose. Like I'm not I'm not smelling much other than than the plastic cup that we're drinking <laughs> these from right now, but we need uh, some proper glassware. <laughs> this is not that we don't have any. You can you can go to store.autumntap.com and get them, but we we're here in tiny little plastic cups. These are really good. This I, I like this beer a lot, though. Yeah, it's it's quite tasty. Um, it was a, it was a good one to pick up. It's been sitting for a few months, um, but still seems like it held up pretty well. Here we go. Fun fact: I have checked in this beer before. I have had this Wait, beer what? before. Yeah. So, where? Not, when? A, not a surprise, though, that I've had a beer that has a pun in it. Uh, I had this beer actually in downtown Chicago, April 17, 2017, last year. Uh, purchased. I, okay. So, here's, here's my story <laughs> for this beer. I was taking a train to Chicago from Los Angeles, and it was a 48 plus hour trip it was a long we slept on the train it was really really long but on our way the only place that this train would stop that you could get off and and spend a little time stretch your legs was in albuquerque new mexico so we got off walked to a brewery checked out some breweries in uh i believe what would be downtown albuquerque and then walked to the corner store Grabbed a couple of singles, and this was one of the ones uh-huh. I picked up. Wow. Small world, I yeah, guess. Yeah, seriously. Well, I mean, they're from Albuquerque. Makes sense. Yeah. The the photo I have here looks like a 12-ounce can, so it, it, it wherever you can get this 16, 12, whatever, uh, highly recommended. Yeah, definitely. It's solid. Have any of you had this one? Let us know what you thought using the hashtag Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Let's get into some community updates. Uh, we recently released 3.2.1 on both the uh, Android Google Play Store and the iOS App Store. Some of the more recent updates that we included in those releases include some new neat updates to uh, events. So you can say things like, um, I want to go to an event, I'm interested in it, I'm going to this event. Add it to your calendar. All of that is accessible if you load up the homepage on the Untapped app and just tap on Upcoming Events. You can see stuff within a certain distance around you, what is both trending and upcoming. It's a good way to find local stuff that is just beer-related. I know trying to dig through Facebook events for you know beer-related stuff or beer festivals is kind of a pain sometimes, especially if you're looking for something just specific to beer uh, now we've got a place for you plus you can also get reminders of these events that are upcoming if you take an action on them like say you're going uh, we'll let you know 24 hours and one hour before the event actually starts yeah you can also share it with friends so if you tap on the event and go to the event detail you can hit share and share it on social media you can share it with a friend through text message share it anywhere you want and as you scroll through you'll see which of your friends are going or at least are interested so that way you can all get together and uh Make your way out to whatever delicious beer event you might be interested in. And if you're looking to make new friends, the event page is also a good way to see who else is at the event while you're checking in. So if you go to check in your beer that you had at the event, you tap on the place that you're at, 
and then you tap on the event underneath that on the check-in page. That will then make sure that your check-ins show up on the event page, and you can see who else is there, make new friends. It's it's fun. It's social. It's social. That's right. There we go. <laughs> we also have a new feature on the verified venue pages. So verified venues, for those who aren't familiar, are venues that have signed up for Untapped for Business and are able to publish their menus and events um, so that you can see what's on tap by just opening the app. So if there's a venue near you that actually isn't verified, you can suggest it to us. That's right. Both within the app and on the website. Uh, you can let us know uh, if you have a favorite local spot and they have not signed up with us yet. Uh, you can go in there, hit suggest. Uh, we will... We will Go seek them out, and we will also let you know when and if they do join our platform. Also, if you tap on the Notifications tab and go to Venues and tap at the banner that's at the top, you can suggest any venue that's local or nearby. It's a a little venue searching web page for you to be able to suggest a verified venue to us. In addition to the 321 update, we recently uh, rolled out a new pack of core badges. Um, these actually went live January 10th, so they've been around a little while, and you've probably seen at least some of them pop up in either your check-ins or your friends' check-ins, but we want to give you a quick run-through so that you know what's going on here. Uh, just as an FYI, uh, these badges are not retroactive unless you enable retroactive badges in your app settings. Which basically means that any beers that you've ever checked into will qualify for any new badges that we introduce. So we'll, let's say for a serving style badge, we'll take into consideration all of the serving styles that you've ever tagged in your check-ins into the leveling of the new badge that we introduce. So once you check into something that qualifies again, you will instantly be at whatever level your past check-ins boost you up to. All right, so let's run through these. Uh, First up, we have Tower of Beer. Check into five different beers from a brewery in England. Now, some people will probably say, hey, wait a second, don't you already have that badge? Um, We actually have a badge similar. It is called God Save the Queen, but that is for any brewery from within the United Kingdom. So this badge gets a little more specific to England itself. Got it. Uh, Next up, we have Taster Please. Uh, This one you can check into, you can unlock by checking into five beers with a serving style of taster. So in our um, 3.0 update from a while back, which actually... A year, actually. Kyle, yeah. Kyle here just uh, just <laughs> reminded me that we are actually at our one-year anniversary of the 3.0 update, which was our huge overhaul. Yeah, that's right. Um, complete redesign of the application. Yes. Uh, so when you check in, you are able to choose your serving style, be it a bottle or on tap. One of those is a taster. So if you check into five tasters, you start unlocking the Taster Please badge. So that can apply for really anything that you want to say is a taster. It doesn't necessarily have to be a flight. It doesn't have to be just a small pour. The serving styles are more for your benefit than for anyone else's. That way you know what you had and when you had it. Exactly. In case you want to remember, oh, I just tried that and maybe next time I want to get more. That's right. Excellent. Uh, The next one up here is tripping on triple IPAs or TIPAs in the badge name. Uh, this one can be unlocked by checking into five different beers with the style of triple IPA. You got to be careful with this one. I love triple IPAs. I just, especially the ultra dry hopped, anything under 11% typically doesn't have too much of a, a burn on it, but 
IPAs. Well, I will get there because digging through the untapped cellar or fridge, whichever way you want to go with it, looking for today's beer, I came across at least two, maybe three oh, triple man. IPAs. <laughs> danger, danger. Although you did mention the super hopping. There are a lot of double dry hop beers. It's Have you true. ever seen a triple dry hop? I have seen a quadruple dry hop Whoa. beer. Whoa. Okay, yeah. that sounds awesome. I can't remember who it was from, but that was a that was a more recent find for me. Really 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 interested in in the uh, in the dry hop. How beers. many times can you dry hop before it just gets too much? <laughs> You're literally shoving a hop in your mouth. There's, it's I mean, a there, glass there, full there, of hops. There are people, there, you've seen um, places that'll serve you the, a pint with some hops in it, or well, there's the, what's the, um, the, the like, the, infusion the, thing? The Randall, yeah. So you can get the Dogfish Head Randall. Uh, they've got a mini one. They also have one that, that will go onto a, a keg, onto a tap itself. So you can either Randall it with fruit or extra dry hop it. Uh, it's... Sounds wonderful. We, I think there's some experimenting in future episodes. That sounds really good to me. All right. So let me just uh, get back. Yeah. So we already covered that. Check into five triple IPAs to start unlocking your tripping on tippas. Next up for any uh, Simpsons fans we have out there, this is the Flanded Leanders badge. Uh, you can unlock this one by checking into five different beers with the style of Sour Flanders or Sour Flanders Red Ale. Sounds good. I, I love a Flanders. I love a good Flanders red, love sour ales. I think a sour would have been a, a nice choice today. Kind of match the weather, uh, be a little lower ABV. But I, you know, not a Simpsons fan. I'll just put that out there. Not a Simpsons fan. Not because I don't like it, but because I've never watched it. I was, I actually recently, this last weekend, went to uh, Universal Studios Hollywood. They have that whole new Simpsons land. Yeah. Did, I, didn't, I didn't see Flanders there. But the question is, did you have a Duff beer? I did have a Duff beer. Good. I it, did too when it, I was It there. was very cool. Yeah. A really neat experience. <laughs> yes, um, for sure. Yeah, but I didn't see, didn't see Flanders there. No, I can't imagine he would be walking around that Ned, much. Good old Ned. Good old Ned. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Rounding out the uh, release of five core badges, we have Caskville. This is for checking into five beers with a serving style of cask. So with your comment about red ales, I cask ale just scares me the temperature it, or the the serving it's the temperature to be honest i i will say that i it that i have come to understand and enjoy them but i remember the first time i didn't know what it was so sure. i went in this was this is when i was early on in my beer days i went into uh the brewery and said hey i'll, I'll take the cask not really knowing Sounds what good. it was yeah i mean like oh okay it's like your normal one but it has other interesting things in it and I saw them go to the little pory thing, pull on the handle, and I'm like, <laughs> wait a second. Why is my beer not cold? I thought all beer was cold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially, it depends on the style, too. It, it, if it is a darker beer, a stout, let's say, and you're, you're casking it with cocoa nibs or uh, cherries. Or chili what, peppers. Yeah, chili peppers, exactly. Um, it, it can kind of elevate the flavor a little bit, but if it's, let's say, like a dry hopped IPA, it can be a little off. And, and, and I understand sort of being off put initially by that. Um, this is another one of those, though, that we're introducing for the serving style tagging when you're checking in. So this is to kind of help alleviate some of the uh, issues that folks said that they were having with um, 
tagging a cask beer in your notes rather than saying it was your serving style. So this should hopefully alleviate a little bit of those uh, running out of space when you're writing your check-in notes issues. It, exactly. That's a good thing to note that it is if you check in and you want to unlock this badge, you do have to go into the serving style and choose cask. Um, it is not, say, a beer that you see cask in the name or a new beer that you have created that is a cask. It must be the serving style. That's right. All right, that rounds out uh, this latest release of Core Badges. Let's look at some of the sponsored badges that we have coming up. First one I've got here is Beer City Crusader 2018 from Grand Rapids Tourism. This can be unlocked by checking into any five beers from a list of Grand Rapids breweries listed on the Untapped blog between January 15th and the end of the year. So yes. This all, is, all the way through this whole year. is a year-long available badge. Uh, we have done this badge a couple times in the past, uh, and it's come back for 2018. So this would include places like Founders, New Holland, uh, Grand Rapids Brewing, obviously. Um, there's a whole bunch on the blog, so go over to blog.untap.com, check out the full list. And next up, we have Irish-inspired Colorado Crafted. This is from Breckenridge Brewing, which is out there in Colorado. Check into one Nitro Irish Stout from Breckenridge Brewery between uh, February 15th and April 15th. So this will be around for a couple of months. Uh, so this is, this is one of those where you pop the top, you flip the can over real hard, and have it pour directly out of the top so that all of the nitrogen bubbles activate. And you've got a nice foamy head on top, and it looks real good, oh, I, yeah. I will say. I'm excited to unlock this one. And, if, and of course, we've got the 3-1-2-2018 batch from Goose Island. This can be unlocked by checking into one three one two Urban Wheat Ale from Goose Island Brewing. I guess I could have done this over in Chicago when I was there last time, but uh, this would be between the sixteenth of February and the sixteenth of March. Uh, lucky for you, three one two, I believe, is a very widely released beer from them, so you should be able to find it. It was actually so. I'm I'm wearing my Chicago hat today. Hey, look at that! This <laughs> this was actually available at uh, Wrigley Field. Oh. Yeah, Goose Island has a deal, yes. uh, uh, apparently, with Wrigley Field. And down on their bottom level, you can get a whole bunch of Goose Island beers. It was pretty cool. It was nice. nice to see at a baseball stadium. Want to show off your love of Untapped? Check out our online store at store.untapped.com to pick up Untapped branded glassware, shirts, sweatshirts, hats, and more. Go to store.untapped.com and enter the coupon code PODCAST at checkout to get 20% off all orders. That's store.untapped.com, coupon code podcast to get 20% off. All right, let's move on to our style of the week segment where we take a look at this week's featured beer style. Here's Tim with more. This week, we're going to take a look at the India Pale Ale, which was actually the number one checked in style on Untapped in 2017. Hugely popular, I will say. Yes, definitely. It is the top of my styles for sure. Anything IPA, yep. double, triple. I think we've established that between the two of us here. <laughs> definitely. So in the 1700s, British trading companies were uh, doing a lot of business with India, as is to be expected. Um, since the weather there was obviously too hot, um, they weren't able to brew their own beer and thirsty sailors need some brews. So they had to bring their own beer along. Sw swashbuckling sailors need some brews. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, at the time, uh, in the 1700s, uh, pale ales were pretty much all the rage. That was that was what everyone was into. Um, everybody's had at least a solid English pale ale in their time here. Um, but unfortunately, those pale ales, they're you know not as heavily hopped, and um, they 
just did not last the sixth month voyage out to India from uh, the UK. So in the 1700s, a brewery uh, called Hodgson, uh, which happened to be located near the East India Trading Company's docks, decided to uh, take on the challenge and try to create something for these sailors to take with them. They ended up creating a heavily hopped beer called October Ale, not to be confused with Oktoberfest. Right. This basically was just a very heavily hopped beer um, that they made specifically for the traders to take with them. Um, And surprisingly, not only did they survive the six-month journey, but when they got there, they actually tasted better. Well, the interesting part, I think, is that the the lupulin, which is one of the ingredients in hops themselves, those act as a preservative in the beer. So that, that was the whole reason why they included them in there, right? They added stability to the beer due to their antibacterial properties. So the flavoring and aromatics and things like that that were added to the beer in that process was just kind of an added bonus. It, it, it added to their enjoyment of the beer as well as sort of being this really practical way of i guess making sure that it made the journey all the way there around the same time other breweries in london were seeking new markets and they caught on to hodgson's success they soon joined uh, in the process of creating a suitable beer for travel to india and thus uh, popularized the name india pale ale eventually the market became overpopulated with ipas i feel like that might be happening now but we love ipas so it's hard to upset about that that's right Uh, they eventually lost their uh, popularity and with the advent of refrigeration basically pale ales could make the journey and um, the india pale ale died out around 1976 americans rediscovered their love of brewing and they began to imitate english styles um, since that obviously had a very established history um, with brewing in true american fashion these brewers decided to just pack those ipas full of hops much like Kyle's veins, <laughs> creating the boozy IPAs we've come to enjoy today. Um, as we all know, these IPAs eventually branched off, and now we have many subsets, including the double, triple, imperial, New England, West Coast, uh, yep. North, Pacific Northwest, yep. insert other region here. Yeah, uh, milkshake IPAs. Oh, which I, I know that you have a big love for right now. I, I do. I, it, it, it was a little weird. Yeah. I it, finally it, cracked open that, uh, that, the offshoot, mm-hmm. uh, was it shaken? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was. Back from October. It so. was, I, admittedly, it was a little old. I let it sit too long probably, but it was, it was the, you could tell with the texture for sure. Yeah. So the, I guess to distinguish that from other IPAs, say a West Coast or whatever, um, or even a New England, uh, milkshake IPAs typically add either fruit, puree to them or they will add uh lactose sugars so you get kind of this ice creamy milkshake quality to them that is kind of almost unlike any ipa you've ever had and i I think that's potentially why i like it not more but it it is a unique style that i think is interesting it's tasty in a world where breweries are trying to out hop each other, seeing things pop out that are different is definitely nice i you can't go to a, a craftier place around here and not see one. It is just what you expect from quintessential craft brewers. It's what you. It's one of the first styles you expect a new brewery to create. Um, IPAs are sort of the multi or not multi backbone of the craft beer world, and it's it's interesting. All right, so let's look at some of the interesting news and articles that you found, Tim, this last week. In the beer world. 
First up, uh, we have an article that is titled, Breweries Find That Coffee is Their Second Favorite Beverage. I know it is definitely your favorite, second favorite beverage. Maybe even first. I don't know. Uh, you know, it, it's it, a toss-up, right? It really is. Between beer and coffee, uh, it's tough because you get a lot of the nuances in, in both of them. And you can also just get straight-up diner coffee. <laughs> and yeah, this is true. It, I kind of have an appreciation of both. It, it's not just those, you know, super bespoke, pour over, uh, you know, froofy espresso drinks. It it can be really just any coffee uh, that I'll enjoy. Yeah. This this article from the New York Times actually um, it it makes very clear that uh, there is a crossover between beer drinkers and coffee drinkers. Which I anybody that I know that enjoys beer enjoys coffee it, it is a very natural crossover well how how is this happening what what are they doing to cross them over it's not just like beer flavored coffee right or coffee sorry wrong way not coffee flavored beer right uh, no so basically breweries are discovering that this crossover exists and it's giving them a whole nother revenue source as well as the ability to maximize a lot of their space and equipment um they're, they're finding that by Opening cafes within their brewery space, or even opening independent shops um, that are outside of their actual brewery grounds, um, is giving them an entirely new way to monetize their customers, uh, as well as allowing them to own both mornings and evenings. Basically, you run by the brewery in the morning, pick up your coffee, go to work. Then when you get out, you head stop on by and pick up a pint. You go to the same place. Exactly. Yeah. You know, don't have to go anywhere else. It's perfect. Yeah. The the interesting part is I've seen a lot of the more new breweries in, let's say, Orange County, um, getting into coffee, not just as a subsidiary of their beer business, but actually before their beer business even came to be or before they had their liquor license or they could sell beer, they were into coffee. They were doing things like uh, cascara tea, or they were uh, barrel aging their beans and then brewing that, cold brewing that, and making it available at festivals and things like that. Just to kind of get the name out, get the get the word out. The what's the word I'm looking for? The like craft nature of both of those industries kind of lends itself well to the same way that folks think about how to brew beer and how to uh, present this beverage that has so many preconceived notions about what it should taste like and and you know when it's supposed to be for and things like that they're kind of making a new spin on an old classic uh, that's actually quite brilliant i mean you're gonna wait around for months for your licensing to go through why not find a way to why capitalize yeah that's i know right. plus i mean tell me a brewery you've been into recently that hasn't had a cold brew on tap. Yep. I feel like almost every brewery that I go to, they have something. Nitro or, you know, yeah, it's makes a lot of sense. Exactly. Plus, I mean, you, you get a brewery, you have some space, you buy some bulk green beans, um, green coffee beans. Yes. And you uh, get your own roaster and you start roasting beans. And then now what do you have? You have roasted beans that you can either use in your um, beers, you can bag and sell, or you can um, use to create cold brew and, that is a whole nother line here. Um, basically, it allows breweries to uh, maximize um, the use of, say, their canning lines. Uh, I know that canned cold brew, canned nitro cold brew, yep. it's all over the place. You see a bunch of them. Um, and it, it, why not? Yeah, I think locally, modern times probably has the the market in terms of where their cans are distributed for both beer and coffee. It's available different single origin coffees and nitro and things like that. It's It's really cool to see a you know one of my favorite local brewers getting into that world of of 
coffee. Plus, you, you see the crossover and the synergy between their brands um, with, like, say, their Black House coffee, and then they also have their Black House, um, I believe, the, stout or it, it, porter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One, of, one of their darker beers. Exactly. Yeah. So you now you have these ingredients that not only – you didn't have to go and buy them. You just bought the raw ingredients, and now you have this nicely roasted um, coffee to use in whatever way you want. Yeah, it's it, – it's kind of like, I guess, a, a respect for the ingredients that you're putting into both the beer and the coffee. Being able to kind of control that that whole start to finish thing is really cool. It's good to see. Exactly. Now, it, and it's it's seems to be a growing trend. Um, this article lists a ton of different breweries uh, that are doing this exact thing. Um, and I think we know, like you mentioned, Modern Times. Uh, we also have McKellar here in Los Angeles now. That's right. Yep. Um, they're doing the same thing. We we stopped by their cafe a while back. Yeah. Um, enjoyed downtown a, LA. Enjoyed a cup of coffee. Did some work, yep. and then uh, later on that day, came back for dinner and some <laughs> beers. Went next door. Yeah. It, it's it seems like a really cool way, like you said, just kind of going from the beginning of your day to the end of your day. Exactly. You get to build and keep that loyal um, clientele, and yep. uh, hopefully maximize your usage and revenue and have some quality ingredients. The next article we have is also from the New York Times, and it is entitled, The Buzz in Stockholm is Craft Beer with Less Buzz. So in Stockholm, beverages containing more than 3.5% alcohol uh, must be sold in government-run liquor stores. So here in the States, if you go to the East Coast, you know, you have package stores, you have to buy liquor and beer in those stores. Um, Okay. I'm in California. I'll be honest, I've never experienced that before, and it seems a little strange to me, but I I understand that each state is different, but Stockholm itself is is completely different? So I believe it's the entire country. Got Um, it. Okay. uh, But the, so you think, okay, sure, there's a government-run liquor store, you have to go in there and buy your liquor, big deal. So here's the catch. Uh, Those liquor stores, they close at 3 p.m. on Friday, and they do not open until Monday. If you need something over the weekend, you are out of luck. I'm sure we have users out there or listeners who have run into this exact thing happening in in Stockholm. Exactly. So here's the so that obviously poses a problem, and here's the interesting way that brewers are combating that. Um, Beers that are 2.8 percent to 3.5 percent are um, they can be sold in stores and cafes. It's once you get over that 3.5 percent that you start running into the need to be um, in, introduced and brought into and licensed and sold through the Packaged government. Packaged, and it's probably a whole bunch of other rules that need to go into, and money to it, be able to sell it in those stores. Exactly. Getting into those stores um, is actually quite troublesome. Sure. So the what's happening now is that brewers... Uh, so uh, before we get there, let's take a second. If you hear about a 2.5 or 2.8 to 3.5% beer, what, what do you think? Kombucha. <laughs> but okay let's keep it in beer what do you think about uh probably like a, a berliner weiss or uh maybe an alcohol removed beer like you could almost go into a, a blend territory where you're getting kind of a, a higher alcohol beer blended with fruit water sure something like a, a shandy or a you know Something like that. I think it's safe to say that you don't expect anything particularly good. Uh, okay. I, 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 see sure. where, I see where you're going. Okay. I, they, there like, are some styles that break that. You, like you said, Verliner Vices, they're usually I, I, You'll low. never see a 2.5% barley wine, is what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> you, want, you want a 3% triple dry hop? Right. Okay. All right. I gotcha. Okay. So now that we've established this. So the, there's this conception that those beers are not going to be great. So- 
brewers now are kind of getting creative. They're trying to figure out how can they make beers that are good, tasty, interesting, unique, but less than 3.5%. It seems like a really interesting problem to solve. It is. And if you think about it, like you can throw a ton of hops in a beer and you can create something really good. But trying to do that and keep the ABV down requires a lot of talent and interesting um, like brewing skills. Yeah. Well, and just to kind of take it all the way to the opposite spectrum, you can get a zero ABV dry hopped water and it tastes spectacular you and i have have yes. had those hop water oh it's it's so good so i can see how adding beer ingredients to something that is low abv can pose this challenge to them trying to find something that that both tastes good and is kind of still fun to drink with this with this interesting challenge being presented um brewers are taking it head on um trying to create these interesting beers that fall between that 3.5%. Um, so this, this 3.5%, um, it, it establishes a level of beer that is uh, known as Focal, or the people's beer. Um, and this beer, as I said, can be sold in cafes uh, without having to go through the package stores or the, um, the government-run liquor stores. So they're seeing a huge influx of these new cafes that are just opening throughout the city um, bottle shops, probably. Exactly, bottle yeah. shops as well. Just this type of stuff. Places to go and pick up uh, or enjoy a pint of delicious beer that doesn't go over that 3.5% any time over the weekend. Interesting. I thought so. I, it, was, it was very cool. And there are several breweries that are listed in this article that I would never have thought of. Um, Omnipolo is one of them. Uh, we know that here in the States for just outrageous, like outlandish, crazy ABV beers. Um, and yeah. I, what did I have? I had a chocolate graham cracker, marshmallow, s'more stout that was like 12% and literally tasted like I was biting into a s'more. Yep. But they're also in their own country spearheading this less than 3.5% ABV like movement. So it's, it's interesting seeing that like these brews that we know for craziness yep. actually participating and trying to. It probably drives interest though in those, those higher ABV beers once they are available in, in the stores, you know, being able to wait for them, get, get them, and then, you know, in the off occasions, have these lower ABV, AV, ABV beers. Um, I'm looking at a, a website here uh, as an example of one of the Folkals that you mentioned. Uh, it is a kettle sour with loads of raspberries added in the fermentation, and it comes in at 2.7% ABV. So it's, oh. it, doesn't that sound good? It still sounds really good. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, but it's, it is on the more like you're getting the pucker and the tart and the sour um, as as the key beer flavors rather than, you know, the burn of an alcohol or, or whatever. It's sounds fun. Sounds cool. Let's move on to another uh, interesting article that you sent me, Tim, a while ago. And we have been waiting specifically for this first show to talk about this one. It's over at foodandwine.com. It is the Scratch and Sniff Beer Guide. Uh, this is written by someone named Justin Kennedy. Uh, they say in this article, they say that they're a quote serious beer writer. They've contributed to Bloomberg, uh, Lucky Peach, Beer Advocate Magazine. Did you ever read Lucky Peach? I've never even heard of it. Um, it is this. It doesn't exist anymore. Doesn't exist anymore. But it's this really interesting magazine with. Uh, small town chefs and interesting uh food stories things like that anyway i have i have all the i have all the lucky peach magazines at home they're really graphic design wise they're beautiful oh man anyway so uh 
Justin Kennedy has written for all these different magazines, produced podcasts, things like that. A big figure on the New York City beer scene. But late last month, he released this book. It's 160 pages. It's got sniffable spots to help guide your nose, it says, in understanding the aromas of beer, unique features, including uh, puzzles, quizzes, stuff like that. That's all in this book. Which we, we have a copy of it. We do have a... So I've got, got it right here. Uh, I think the most interesting bit of this is that it, it is just... It's, it's scratch and sniff. It's got stickers that smell like beer. Where did you... First of all, where did you find this? I picked it up on Amazon for about 15 bucks. Okay. No, so not bad. It, it is 160 pages all about beer. So it, it's a beautiful book. The, it absolutely the, the layout is. is wonderful. And I will be completely honest. When I read Scratch and Sniff book, I did expect a bit more. Okay. But the fact that there are these stickers throughout the book to help guide you and kind of like learn what basically what the section's talking about. Um, and kind of follow along with your nose is very cool. Yeah. Well, and it's not, I mean, it's not your typical book smell, right? It's got, it's got <laughs> kind of the, what you would expect from a beer. Like we were talking about our, our red ale earlier in the episode, um, kind of candy, sweet, malty. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got beer recipes in here, beer tasting notes, uh, you know, ways to, I guess, expertly taste your beer and understand what the different nuances of mm, it are. Exactly. Um, do you know if it has, oh, it also talks about um, ingredients in the brewing process. So this is, if you're kind of looking for, I guess, an all-around pretty well-rounded book for both drinkers and brewers, is probably a great little pickup. Exactly. And if you have a crossover and you love good layout and awesome photography, um, it's a good one there too. And it's interesting, the, the, you can go through and you, you come across, oh, okay, well, here's a sticker that says it smells like clove, and you scratch it, and you sniff it, and what do you know? Can we, can we do that live right now? Because yes, I'm, I'm, gotta... I'm interested in doing that for, for one of these. We've got Pilsners and Lagers, Classics, Original India Pale Ale. There we go. That sounds, sounds familiar. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's find one in here. Let's find some more reasons why we should have had an IPA today. Yeah. All right. So... I've got one here, Citra. All right, so I've turned to page 50 here. It looks like it's the hop section. They've got a Citra hop scratch and sniff. Uh, Gooseberry, common aroma in American hops. So that's, I'm going to give that to you because I don't don't feel right putting my nose into your book. I'll be honest, I don't know what a gooseberry actually smells like. Okay. But this does smell hoppy and you can shove your nose in my book. That's fine. Smells great. Yeah, it's, I know. It smells really is good. Is that going to be one of your candles? It might. It might be a, soaps. Maybe. Okay, we I, need a I, gooseberry soap. Okay. I, I I know that Brooklyn Brewery makes soap. I've I've picked that one. I've up had before. I've had lots of beer soap. Definitely. Yeah, yeah this is, it's really cool. They go. Um, they did United States. They did United Kingdom, South Africa. They uh, they kind of go all over here, uh, explaining where ingredients come from, what kind of beer styles are popular there. It seems like a really neat book. Now, the whole reason that this ended up being a scratch-and-sniff book, according to uh, Justin Kennedy, is that they grew up, or he he grew up? Yes. He grew up uh, in the 80s and remembers scratch-and-sniff books, stickers, wallpapers, greeting cards. Everything in the 80s was scratch-and-sniff. I definitely remember some scratch-and-sniff. It was light-up. It was uh, everything made sound. It was 3D. It was I mean, sensory overload It time. was definitely sensory overload. This is, this is one of those things that, 
you haven't seen for a really long time. I don't think anyone has really attempted doing something like this, especially in the beer world. This is it's really interesting. Um, fifteen bucks, Amazon, go pick it up. It, it seems like a really cool buy. Do you want to win your very own copy of the Scratch and Sniff Guide to Beer? Well, you can. We're going to give away a copy to one lucky listener. Head over to podcast.untap.com and take a look at the show notes for episode one. In there, you will find an entry form with instructions on how you can enter to win a copy. We'll be picking a winner on March 27th, so you have until then to enter. This contest is only available to our listeners in the U.S. And the last article we have today comes from fortune.com. Why some states are using beet juice and beer to salt icy roads. Now, as a Californian, I don't know what an icy road is. It's true. Is that we, where ice is on the road? It's it's the the thing where it's actually colder than the liquid temperature of water. Oh my gosh! Okay, so it turns to that. You know, in, in those drinks, in in the uh, in drinks that you have <laughs> in water. Anyway, we're bad at this. We're really bad. <laughs> but that does come up. Uh, that does bring up a great story that will highlight my intelligence. Okay, uh, on our. Our trip to Colorado. Okay. okay. So we fly in from Los Angeles. We go through, we get our, it's, it's, it's a little chilly. It's not super cold. Um, we go, we get our rental car. Um, we pack all our stuff in, get ready to drive out. And it's one of those places where you, you go to your car and then on your way out, they give you your paperwork from like a, a booth or something. Sure. Um, and we get all the stuff in there and I look in the back seat and there's this, this thing. It's like a long black thing with like a brush and like a scraper. And I'm thinking... <laughs> I'm thinking, why did somebody leave like a barbecue brush or like a windshield wiper? Like, why is why it, is yeah. this thing in here? So we pull up to the booth, and I'm I go, hi, how's it going? I I think somebody left this in here, and the woman looks at me, and she's like, no, honey, that's an ice scraper. Yeah, and I'm like, wait, oh, it comes with the car in case it, what? <laughs> I felt like what, a fool. My what, California was showing. What uh, boy? What what month was this? Do you remember? Oh, I I do not, but it definitely wasn't like we. There was a a bit of a snowstorm a, that a came potential. through. Okay. Well, it did snow for like a day and a half. Got it. But it wasn't it wasn't like icy window time. That's that is incredible. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> it did. I'm... It's a good story. Let's <laughs> go with that. Um. Anyway, so basically, um, currently, you know, you get those, uh, you get states and regions that have icy roads, and one of the ways to combat that is by putting salt on those roads. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's a commonly done uh, thing. That's why that's why all those cars in in like the east and the in the north have like rust spots on them. Right. That's true. Yes, I did I've, oxidizes I've the middle, and yeah. Um. So. Uh, you so you're basically dumping all this soot and the sodium and this chemicals onto the road to try and you know get rid of the ice, and as the ice melts and those chemicals run off, it's got to go somewhere. And mm-hmm. so some experts are finding that this sodium, this, this salt, is potentially contaminating local water supplies. Um, obviously, that's a very bad thing. We don't want contaminated water. Um, so some states have started experimenting with other ways to de-ice their roads. Uh, some places are using beet juice, uh, molasses. Can, can you imagine? Hold on, stop at beet juice because can you imagine the road flooded with beet juice? What happened here? It's, it would look awful. It would it would stain everything. It just sounds like a like a bad choice. I guess the whole point of it is to lower the freezing temperature of water, and by adding maybe like saline things they're able to do that it, it's it sounds 
It, it, the article doesn't go into enough detail to outline exactly what it is or what makes it up or why, but um, you know, there's there's beet juice molasses in, in Wisconsin of all places. They're using cheese brine or cheese water. Okay. Um, and then in some places, they're using beer. Where, where do they have enough beer so that <laughs> to, to spread that I, on the road? I wish there was more detail because yeah. this is very interesting, but I will be following whatever truck yes. is de-icing the roads <laughs> with my glass. <laughs> Well, going back, going back to the Simpsons again, when yep. the Duff truck overturns and everybody breaks out their glass. Oh, that's good. It's like a water park. I mean, that makes sense, right? You can you can stick a beer in the freezer and it's not going to freeze as quickly as water would. Let's say, right? The the particles in the water, basically making it beer, lowers the freezing temperature of the liquid so that at thirty two degrees, which is typical freezing temperature Fahrenheit, it's not actually turning to ice it's still a liquid exactly plus i mean if there is if if there is truth behind the fact that this salt on roads is potentially contaminating water supplies why not find other ways that are safer more um, eco-friendly eco-friendly yeah kind of yeah a little a little nicer to the environment exactly i'm all for that i'm also all for anything that involves beer just questionable in terms of actually pouring it directly onto a road but what do you think the abv of that beer is you know it's probably better that it's higher uh because that would lower the amount of, uh, from a scientific this perspective. This is your chemistry background. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I would I would assume that it's a little higher, but you could do this with any organic compounds, probably that anything that has alcohols in it or or whatever is going to help that process. That's just sound. I, I just can't get over the beet juice. <laughs> I can't. Molasses also. It, it, what's cool about this whole thing is that it's a regional flavor. For what they're de-icing the roads with. I'm going to guess that the molasses might be up in Vermont. Yeah, kind of like a, you got like a Canadian maple syrup thing going on, maybe. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Coffee sounds like a pretty good, like warm water, maybe. Sure. <laughs> How about we try something warm? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, this is cool. This is a really cool uh, find. That was definitely a good one. All right, it's time to answer some of your questions about Untapped. If you've got any questions for us, send them over using the hashtag AskUntapped on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, and we will be sure to answer it here in this segment. All right, so as everyone knows, Untapped has a very large database. Um, it's growing every day with new beers being added constantly. But what do you do if the beer you're looking for isn't in there? Say you're at a brewery and they've launched something new, or... For some weird reason, you happen across something that just hasn't been added yet. Or it's a new vintage, let's say. Sure, There's, say, there like a, a 2018 version that just came out, but all you see on there is the 2017 this version. That's true. So uh, now you've got this beer, you can't find it. What do you do? Well, being that our data is user sourced, you add it yourself. How do you do this, you may be asking? Well, that is what you're asking me because this is the Q&A. <laughs> how, how, do you, how do you do this? How do you do this thing that you already asked us about? <laughs> uh, you'll start by searching for the beer that you're looking for, which you've already done at this point because you can't find it. Uh, when nothing comes up, you'll be told that it's not there, but you'll have a link to add it. So you'll basically hit that link. Uh, you'll be presented with our guidelines. Please, please read these. 
follow the instructions. It is very important. We like to keep our data as clean as possible. That's right. We're going to put a link for that in the show notes. Uh, it'll be a little screen grab of what that looks like. And we have some more detailed notes on our website as well. Exactly. So that way you can read up and know what you're doing. Um, once you've accepted our guidelines, you will be asked to enter in all the details. Um, in this spot, you will do the beer name, uh, the ABV, the style, the IBU, any information that you have that could be interesting and useful, um, ideally as much as possible. You'll also need to choose the brewery uh, that is producing this beer. If for some reason that brewery doesn't exist, say again, either in in this scenario, say you have a home brew um, and that's not in there yet, um, you can add a brewery. Um, you'll need to add the name, the location, a um, couple other details, and then that will get added as well. Um, once you've done all this, you'll be able to submit the beer, you'll be able to check in, and then it will show up across the untapped database for everyone to enjoy. And that happens right away too, which is really cool. So you'll be able to check in right away. Anyone around you can check in right away. That beer exists immediately in the database. Our untapped moderators also, if there are any issues with that particular beer, they'll take a look at it, fix whatever is necessary, merge incorrect ones into correct ones. Um, just wanted to put a shout out out there for our untapped moderators doing a really good job at keeping the database clean. It is a tough job and they take care of it um, perfectly. Yeah. So we appreciate that. Uh, and once again, once you get all that information in there, um, let's say, for example, you are adding your home brewery, um, you can also claim your home brewery, which will give you access to those beers that you've added, um, the ability to edit the details, add labels, change other things about your brewery. Um, if you work for a brewery for some reason that isn't on Untapped, you can do the same thing. That's right. Um, you'll go over to the uh, brewery page on Untapped's website, untapped.com. Uh, and on the sidebar, you will see a claim this brewery link. You'll be asked for some information. That will be sent over into our um, approval queue. And once we verify that you are who you say you are and work for who you say you work for, uh, then we will uh, grant you access and you will be able to get in there and um, do what you need to do. And if you run into any trouble, you can always head over to help.untap.com to learn more, see frequently asked questions, some walkthroughs, guides, all the information you could possibly need. Um, and if that is still not enough, you can always reach us on Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, which is at untapped, um, or you can always email help at untapped.com and we will um, be able to help you out from there. If you'd like to send in your questions or you've got any feedback for us, be sure to connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at untapped on all those platforms. And remember, if you've got a question for us, use the hashtag ask untapped on all those platforms. Don't forget you can catch another episode of Drinking Socially, the official Untapped podcast every Wednesday. You can also rate and write a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to know what you think about our first couple episodes here. Please take a second to do that. It really helps us out. We would appreciate it. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.